This is Agents Influence Podcast. We all know it's much simpler to just use the digital experience, and that's where the world's moving. But there are some folks that maybe aren't as comfortable using a digital payment method. Why don't we go ahead and provide a means leveraging the integrations that we've got into all of these management systems today to also simplify the acceptance of check payments and auto-reconcile those using the integrations that we've already built. So that is the sole purpose of Checkmate. It is to take our platform and move it from digital accounts receivable management to accounts receivable management regardless of payment method. I'm Jason Cass and we're going to help you think differently, change your agency, change your finances, change your family, and in the end, we're going to change an industry. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome, you loyal listeners, to another episode of Agents Influence Podcast, Conversations with me, Jason Cass. Today, I am bringing you a CEO, just not any CEO, a CEO that is probably has a product that's used in more than 90 to 95% of agencies out there. Now, he may disagree and say, Jason, we have work to do to get there, but every room I'm ever in, and I mention ePay policy, and he uses it. 50, 60, 70, 80, 100% of the time, the people are raising their hands and saying that they have it. And not only that, they are a proud sponsor of Agents Influence. By producing this podcast and getting out all the things that we do to you loyal listeners, it's people like ePay Policy that back that up and make sure that we keep projecting their voice, of course, letting people know who they are, but projecting the voices of others around the world. I like to say, Mark, this is like uh, Jay-Z. We are international over here because they're <laughs> listening to us in some other country, right? Great. Mark, uh, this is, you are the CEO of ePay Policy. Uh, love to you know, introduce yourself. Uh, tell us just a couple seconds of, of who you are. Yeah, sure. So uh, CEO here at ePay Policy joined the business coming up on a year ago now. Um, and uh, really came in to, uh, to take over the leadership reins from uh, Todd Sorrell and Mill and Mill Connie, our two co-founders mm-hmm. who right. I think are very well known in the industry. Um, and really the goal is to continue to build on this incredible company that they started about eight years ago. All right. Sounds like that this is going to be a good one. Loyal listeners, stay tuned. We're going to keep this interesting. Here's where we start with, Mark. Are you an iPhone or you a Droid user? I'm an iPhone guy. All right. All right. All right. Uh, what is the, uh, last app you downloaded, Mark? Oh man, that's a good question. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I actually downloaded a, um, a Ferrari app the other day to see what the new cars were they were coming out with. I'm a, I'm an enthusiast, so I like You're to see what they're, what they're up to. Yeah. Sweet, sweet. What a, that's a cool thing to, to be enthusiastic about. <laughs> uh, so, do you love to win or do you hate to lose? I hate to lose. Um, hate to lose, I ex- huh? ex- expect to win. Um, and, you know, I could tell you from time of playing sports growing up as a kid to deals I've done in business, I always remember the ones I lost and va- vaguely remember the ones that we, uh, we actually won. Wow, that's good. That's good. And here it's led you to CEO of a great company. So uh, it served you well. That's awesome. Uh, We believe that there's two things here at Agency Intelligence that got you to where you are right now. We say one is skill and one is luck, which is you think has been a bigger factor in your life, Mark, to get you where you are. 
Yeah, look, I think anybody who has had any modicum of success in their career that tells you it is 100% their skill that got them there is telling you a pretty big lie. Um, I think it certainly takes a combination of luck and skill. I have been super fortunate in my career over the past 20 years to work in some of the best companies and payments um, and to work with some of the best people in the industry. Um, we certainly had some luck along the way in terms of markets moving in the direction that our product was built and problems to solve. Um, at the same time, right, we were a hardworking group of people like the team here at ePay um, that was able to capitalize on that good fortune. So I think it takes a strong combination of both. That's that, that's great. I like that. And I, I, t- I totally agree. I think many people would. Um, where were you born, Mark? I was born in Northern California, a um, town called Fairfield, where Travis Air Force Base is. So okay. my dad was an Air Force guy for 22 years. Um, so I was born on the base there, born and raised, and then uh, spent the first 25 years of my life in Northern California going to school and then, uh, and then working before we moved to Austin back in 97. Okay. All right. And then, boom, that set it ablaze. Austin today is a, is a tech capital of, of across America. Was it back in 97 and early 2000? You know, it had just started. So, so we moved here uh, for me to go back to school. I went to graduate school here at the University of Texas. And um, when we got here, the tech scene was really focused around Dell and all of the suppliers ah. of Dell. So it was the only real big tech name back then. So Intel had a presence here, AMD, because obviously massive providers to Dell, right? Um, mm-hmm. But I will say over the last, let's call it decade, there has been a massive tsunami of tech you know, bolstering here into Austin, Um, you know, actually just even over the last few years, if you think about Oracle's headquarters moved here, Tesla moved their headquarters here. Uh, Elon Musk lives here now and is talking about moving to Twitter headquarters here. Uh, Apple doubled the size of their campus here in town. Um, So like there has been a massive influx of tech talent here into the greater Austin area. I mean, Mark shows you were ahead of the time, dude. Like, people are moving there now, right? So they're, yeah, like, leaving yeah. California and all this, going to Austin, and you were there in 97. It's like, guys, I, I, I know where you're coming from. Yeah, Jason, you know, it, yeah, you know, really interesting. So I was getting out of school, and, uh, and I was engaged to my wife uh, at the time, and, and we were getting ready to get married, and we knew we wanted to start a family, and we were looking around, we were saying, okay, well, we could move back to the Bay Area. Um, or we could stay here in this town that we have fallen in love with, which at the time was a fraction of the cost. Not as much anymore. Still cheaper to live in Austin and a great quality of life. But back then, the, the difference was stark, right? Like it was night mm-hmm. and day. So, um, so, yeah, probably one of the best decisions we've made, life decisions we've made. Um, and, it, and it's been great. We've raised our family here, and it's been phenomenal. How old are the kids? Uh, I've got a son that's 18 years old who graduates high school this month. And then I've got a daughter that's 15 that's wrapping up her uh, her sophomore year. Mark, people told us I have a 22-year-old, actually. Okay. And I, I have a, um, also a 17-year-old. He turns 17 next week. Boy, they tell you about those teenage years, but you just don't understand those teenage years until you actually experience a teenager. Oh, my gosh. you got to live them. You got to live them to understand what people are talking about. I agree. And, and hey, I, I will tell you this: like you know, thinking back to uh, to my teenage years, um, I you know, my opinion is that it is much more difficult to parent in the modern age with social media. Um, I you know, I think look, kids have always probably been a little bit nasty, but right. a lot easier to be nasty when you're hiding behind a screen and you don't That's have right. to see the reaction from another human being across from mm-hmm. you. 
Um, right. So I, it has certainly been, you know, challenging trying to, you know, moderate the amount of time that they use those things because um, that's how they communicate with each other, right? I mean, they don't Correct. pick up the phone and call each other, as I'm sure you witnessed in your house. Yeah, right? everything's messaged through some type of social media app. So um, totally. certainly cha- challenging times to parent teenagers, but but it's been great. By far the most fulfilling, you know, mm-hmm. thing that I've ever done in my life. Isn't that how it is? The yin and the yang. You get That's one it. drastic, you're going to get the other. It's just the way it is. You got to look for that. Yeah. Golly, you know, and it, it, it shows the importance of teaching them before the age of 10, let's just say, and molding them into a good person. Because when they get wild and they get crazy, it's great when you can see that their foundation is strong. You know what I mean? Because right. a lot That's of times right. it, it's just it, it's crazy when you actually experience that. But whoo. Man, my mom told me about it. She said, wait till they get to be a teenager. Ah, they're good. <laughs> right. Anyway, right. anyways. I, I got this. It's not going to be a problem. And then you live it and you're like, wow, she was right. Yeah, sorry about that, little listeners. I, that's a, that's a, uh, something we connect off of. So anyways, Mark, um, so tell me, you went to 97 and you get there. Uh, wh- when did you get into this payments gig and how? Yeah, so, so I started in payments uh, in the early 2000s. Um, was actually working for another tech startup here in Austin uh, that, that was not doing well and knew that I needed to find another opportunity um, and got connected with uh, a gentleman who was the CEO of one of the early online banking and bill pay SaaS platforms okay. aimed at the community bank and credit union space. So connected with him, there was an opportunity and joined that business. And, and it was really interesting because now, this was back in 2002 when the only people offering online banking and bill pay were the largest banks in the country. And our business was focused on helping the smaller banks and credit unions, you know, the local or regional players, get an online presence and channel to allow their customers to bank. So that was my first foray into fintech. Um, and I really fell in love with the whole aspect of financial technology delivery models and bringing new channels uh, to the market for traditional brick and mortar businesses like banking. Um, you know, it's something that I did in my everyday life. I could af- associate with it. I could understand it. I could understand what I would want to do as, you know, a holder of a bank account um, mm-hmm. and the type of technology that would make my life easier. So it was really what got me interested and started in this business. And then it just sort of evolved from there. I've spent time at, uh, you know, a couple different merchant acquirers that ended up getting folded folded into a couple of the largest merchant acquirers on the planet in terms of world pay and first data. So spent time in both of those organizations as part of the transition. Um, and then uh, and then spent time at a global cross-border disbursement platform called HyperWallet. You know, we move billions of dollars a year into when at the time I left, um, you know, 70 different countries and 100 different currencies around the globe. Uh, that business ended up getting acquired by PayPal and now moves hundreds of billions of dollars a year for the PayPal marketplaces. Wow. So uh, I've just had a very, like I said earlier, when you asked me about, you know, skill or luck, I've been fortunate gotcha. enough to work in some world-class organizations. Wow. And that's given you great perspective and vision for probably what you want to see and expect out of ePay policy. Good for Absolutely. you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that, that's awesome. So you know what I always like to say, Mark, is that we're going through this insure tech revolution. You're talking about fintech and you're talking about it years ago, which is just shows uh, your wisdom into this matter and understanding payments through and through. But we're in this insure tech mode right now. And yeah. really what's crazy is, is ePay policy 
was InsureTech before actually InsureTech was like a thing, right? That's right. That's and, right. And, and I say that all the time and people kind of look at me sideways. I'm like, dude, they were around like 2014, 2015, 2016. Right. In 2014, 15, and 16, those guys who are leading these InsureTechs now were calling me on the phone saying, hey, what what do you need help with? Is there any kind of technology I can develop? And ePay policy was there. And what was so crazy, Mark, about us in the independent world with ePay policy was once we had it, it was like, damn, what were we doing before? You know, I mean, once you right. started using it, and there's still a lot of agencies that don't. But those that do, it's like, how would we do this if we didn't have ePay policy or some kind of electronic service, specifically ePay, you know? Yeah, that, no, that, that's exactly right. And look, I think it speaks volumes to the vision that uh, that Todd and Millen had about where the space was going and how they could bring a solution to the market to really solve, you know, one of the largest pain points that all agencies or brokers have, and that is, you know, the processing of the paper check, right? Um, and the time right. it, and the time and money associated with doing that. So, uh, so yeah, you know, business has been around for eight years solving this problem for now thousands of clients uh, in the space. And, and again, I think it just speaks to their vision. And it also, you know, Todd grew up in the insurance space. I think, as you know, Jason, mm -hmm. his his father yep. has has an agency still to this day. Um, he had um, started his own premium finance company. So he understood the pain because he lived it on a daily basis. And then Millen being the technologist through, you know, at some of the larger um, marketplaces, uh, including HomeAway here in Austin, understood how to build a user experience that went along with the core technology solve. And so the combination of the two of them building out this platform at a market that was ripe for uh, disruption, I think was just, you know, the perfect combination. Hello, loyal listeners. Hey, are you a local agent struggling to find markets for your client? Maybe you, maybe not. Look no further than Nation Brokerage Solutions. With over 200 carriers, their comprehensive options give you what you need for your customers' ever-changing needs. With NBS, as they say it in the cool world, you can confidently offer a wide range of options to better support your customers and grow your business, AK Agency. Don't settle for less. Do more with NBS. For more information about nationwide brokerage solutions, visit nbsbrokerage.com. CAS certified. Totally. And Mark, think about this. When you're talking about, you said pain point, and that's so true. Um, when we think about a client on, a, on an individual, um, as an independent agent, a personal lines client, let's say, stays on the books anywhere from, they say, 8 to 12 years right. on average. Okay, They say commercial anywhere between 5 to 7. Okay, And I think it can go a lot more than that. In that time, an average commercial client will have four to five claims. A personalized client of eight to 10 or 12 years is going to have maybe two or three claims. They're going to usually sell or add or delete, delete a vehicle a couple times. Same on the commercial side. They may add or delete a vehicle over that five to seven years, probably a little bit more. But of all these things that we could possibly have these per personal touches uh, uh, with, most of my clients pay monthly. 
most of my clients pay quarterly. And when you add up those touch points over an eight to 12 point year, right. or eight to 12 year, you can really see that like we, we um, sometimes on the agent side misunderstand or forget how important it is for our clients to be able to make their payments simply. Right. You know, or make it very simple. Yeah. So I, I think that that that's something that, that that that's vital to this situation. When you say pain points, I agree with you so much there. Yeah. You know, and, and Jason, it's really interesting. Um, you know, as we think about the way the world has moved here, you know, over the past, let's call it, you know, five to ten years, um, almost all the experiences that we have have become digitized. Right. Like mm -hmm. you can order your groceries online to have them delivered to your house. You hail a cab now with a touch of your iPhone, right? You pre-order your Starbucks so you don't have to wait in line, right? It's this right. digital engagement and experience to simplify our lives across everything that we do on a daily basis. And then, you know, if you're a business owner and you've got a commercial line or you're an individual consumer and you've got a personal line, and you go to pay your insurance policy and it's like, well, wait a minute, what, what do you mean I can't do this digitally? Right. So, so I, that's one of the things that excited me the most about joining ePay is, you know, it's an opportunity to help an industry catch up with where the rest of the world is and deliver the same mm -hmm. solutions to the insureds that we've all become accustomed to in our daily lives. So how'd you get there then? So I think there was an acquisition, something, and then they approached you and said, hey, we want you to lead the charge. Yeah. Tell us about yeah, that. Yeah, great question. So um, so Todd and Millen took a majority investment from a private equity firm, Serent Capital, which is based out of San okay. Francisco and then also has an office here in Austin, um, back right at the end of 2019. And, uh, and, and look, Todd and Millen are classic entrepreneurs, right? They love finding a problem, kind of classic find a need, fill a need, right? Um, it is their superpower. And so they had taken the business to this point and said, look, you know, we love what we've built here. We want to bring someone in with some payments expertise and experience that understands how to scale this business to the next level of growth um, and really just serve in more of an advisory capacity. So uh, so they with Sarent decided they were going to go to search and bring in a new leadership team. And then three months later, COVID hit and everybody went home and they hit the pause button and said, you know what, maybe not the best time to, uh, to have a leadership transition. So fast forward a year, spring of 21 rolls around, the world had settled down a little bit again, pre-Delta. And, uh, mm -hmm. and they went to search and just through some common connections, I got introduced to the opportunity and got to meet the Sarant team and, and Todd and Millen. Um, and, you know, look, in, in the 20 years that I've been doing this, this was the company, the first company I ran across that had a platform and a solution perfectly suited for the problem in the market they were trying to solve um, mm -hmm. and, and a culture and a business that really resonated with my core values. And so gotcha. was super excited when I got the opportunity to join. That's interesting. Quick question. Was Elon Musk in payments a long time ago, yeah. part of PayPal or something? Yeah. I haven't read his book. Yeah, anything, so he so. and Peter Thiel were two of the founders of PayPal, um, and they sold that business to eBay. And that was Elon Musk's original you know, war chest, if you will. That was where he made his first big chunk of money, which he then parlayed into Tesla and SpaceX and the boring company right. and on and on we go, right? And now Twitter. But, uh, but yeah, he, he was a payments guy. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I had never really known and you being in that space. Dude, tell me about this checkmate. Uh, Brad was uh, at your, your chief revenue officer, yeah. was at the, um, 
was at uh, BrainShare. Did a great job, actually. He's a very uh, quiet, laid-back gentleman, yeah. but when he speaks, he speaks with authority, and 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 he he was really a breath of fresh air. He spoke of this checkmate. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Tell me about that, Mark. Yeah. So so look, if you think about you know the the current landscape in insurance today, um, the vast majority of payments are still paper check. And so obviously, you know, we exist to help simplify the acceptance of payments related to policies in whatever form those might come. Historically, it's just been digital payments. However, you know, we took a step back as a business and said, look, um, it's a losing strategy to force your insured to a method of payment. Right. If they want to write a check, they can write a check. Right. Like we all know it's much simpler to just use a digital experience and that's where the world's moving. But there are some folks like in my parents age demographic that maybe aren't as comfortable using a digital payment method. So, look, why don't we go ahead and provide a means leveraging the integrations that we've got into all of these management systems today to also simplify the acceptance of check payments and auto reconcile those using the integrations that we've already built. So that is the sole purpose of Checkmate. It is to take our platform and move it from digital accounts receivable management to accounts re receivable management regardless of payment method. Wow. And that, that's interesting for you guys to, to look at it that way. If we're about payments, we're about payments. That's right. Yeah, exactly. Right? And the other thing, Jason, really, if you think about our business and where we sit in the ecosystem, you know, we're in a really unique place in that we serve all the constituents in the industry, right? We serve agencies, we serve MGAs and brokers, we serve carriers, we serve premium finance companies. You know, and over the eight years of the business, we've built integrations into the vast majority of the back office systems that power all of those businesses. So it allows us to sit in a really unique position to not only manage um, accounts receivable on behalf of our customers, but also payables as it relates to policies commissions, refunds, et cetera, and to be able to automate that process, but also the exchange of data associated with those flows, right? To simplify the back office reconciliation. So, so really wow. what, what you're going to start to see from our business here as we move forward over the next couple of years is ePay, not just as, you know, the credit card company for insurance premiums, but really ePay is the hub of all payments and data exchange within this broad ecosystem that we serve. Wow. I see it now. I mean, my question is, what in the hell can you do outside of payments? You know, when it just, when you start mastering that, that demographic and you just explained it very, very well. Um, and integrations, I believe is something that, um, I think if you ask people to list five words of ePay policy, um, if you use them and you integrate, that's one of the things that people really, really do like is the integration. I know agents who have specifically worked with ePay policy to create different types of billing landing pages and such right. so that it does integrate with their, even their, not even a management system, but like HubSpot. Sure. You know, I mean, just a, a very interesting things you guys are, are willing to entertain. And today to the agents who are really excelling and driving a lot of leads and a lot of traffic, that stuff is essential to, to what we're trying to do. A majority of agencies today, I guarantee you, if the client calls and says, I need to pay by credit card without going to the client or to the, to the direct carrier and entering it onto their screen, right. like how do you collect that and deposit it into their trust fund? As you said, you may not use it every day, but you need to have it as an option in case it is. That's right. And I mean, you, I mean, and you guys charge, I think $20 a month or something like that for, for your access. Yeah. 
that's a joke, but you got to you got to charge something. <laughs> and it's like, you know, but it, it's like there's really no reason to have that. I guess I guess loyal listeners, I mean, when I when I speak to you about this, I, I guess is it because you don't have a process? Is it is it because when that phone rings and someone wants to pay by credit card, someone I I, I don't know. I think I want to want you to challenge your thinking here when you think about um, why we don't at least have it as an option. Because there are many of you loyal listeners that don't have it, and something you just need to think about. Mark, um, you laid out great where we're going. Anything you else wanted to add? I mean, out there that you wanted to say to people before as we wrap this up? You know, look, I, I would just say that, you know, kind of the comment that I made earlier about the world becoming digitized. Um, you know, it, if you're thinking about a digital engagement strategy for your agency or your brokerage, um, or even if you're a premium finance company listening in, I think, you know, you need to take a step back and look holistically at that digital engagement strategy and have a real understanding of how payments plays a, a large role in that. Um, and, uh, and look, it is why we exist, right, to help make that simpler and to help these companies within this broad and really fantastic ecosystem of insurance, you know, simplify their daily life in the back office and make it a great experience for their insureds. That's great. That's fantastic, Mark. Uh, sometimes these partner meetings can be uh, kind of tough because I really got to pull it out of, of, of you. But this has been really good. You, you can tell you speak with authority. It's good to have someone like you at the helm. Well, last question I want to ask you, leaders are readers and readers are leaders. You're a leader, so you must be a reader. What are you reading right now, Mark? Yeah, I'm actually reading Super Pumped. Um, so the story, about the, Super Pumped. the story about the founding of Uber. Um, fascinating story, okay. by the way, the, the rise and then, uh, you know, ultimately ostering of the, uh, of the founder of Uber, but, uh, you know, just the, the mindset that he had in creating something that completely disrupted the transportation industry across the globe. Um, you know, and, uh, it, it's a fascinating read if, if you haven't picked it up, highly recommend doing it. It's, it's really fascinating. You know, at your level two of a CEO, it's kind of interesting. So like if I read Super Pumped, it's like there's so many things I can learn and I'm learning through the experience of a, of, of a corporate situation that I'll probably never be in. Really, truly don't want to be. Yeah, sure. But I'll never be in. When you're reading it, though, it's different, Mark. You're reading it as, hey, this person, the the board, the CEO, this is what they were going through. This is what worked, what didn't. You're, you're able to apply that to real life, like within the next day or the next week or right. meeting. And that's that's an interesting thing you don't really think about. So that's interesting how you probably perceive that book a little bit differently. Yeah, it's, so, it's, it's been a fascinating read. It's a great, great case study, by the way, I think, in terms of staying humble and staying flexible. Um, those are two of the big that's takeaways it. I've taken from it. Mark, uh, as I, as I um, close up here, my mentor, he's still my mentor to this day, 78 years old. Uh, he taught me everything I know about insurance. When it would come to, he says, the most important people are flexible. And he says, blessed are the flexible for they don't get bent out of shape. <laughs> I like that. I, I, I like it. You know those guys. They, all their wise guys, they've always got these stories. Blessed are the flexible for they don't get bent out of shape. That's right. I might borrow that one from you, Jason. Yeah, go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, it's, you're borrowing it from a great wise man. Right. Um, so, hey, Mark, greatly appreciate you taking your time. You're a busy guy. Um, for you to take 30 minutes here for the loyal listeners means a lot to us. And we appreciate you as a partner at Agency Intelligence as well. Great. Thanks, Jason. I appreciate the time. Good talking to you. 
Lulu listeners, as you know, this is part of the uh, CEO series. It's an ongoing series that we have. Uh, you'll notice when you see the image uh, of us announcing, it's got a little ribbon in it. Uh, we try to put those ribbons in it and so we can bring up a category and where you can just pull up all the CEOs we have done. There's over probably 50 to 100 out there. And Mark has made a great, excellent new addition. So all you loyal listeners, remember, tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas. And I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. This is Cass. He's Mark. We're out. Hey, agents, listen to this. Listen to this. What are we terrible at? Think of it. Think of it. Really? We're, we're terrible at training, right? We're not very good at hiring. We're not very good, terrible at firing, actually. Uh, terrible at creating process and some workflows. Terrible at technology and implementing that technology and even knowing what type of technology we want. And the list goes on and on. Now listen, I'm an agency owner and I, you know how it is to, to fix a problem. The first thing you gotta do is you gotta admit you have a problem. Here's what you do. Go to virtualintel.com, check out what we do, because we do all those bad things that you can't do, really. And you may do one or two of them well. Good for you if you can do them all. Just want you to know you're in the minority. But if you can't do any of them good, or you don't even want to do them anymore, because it just takes too much mental power, then good for you for realizing that and give us a call. I'm telling you, virtual intelligence, that's what we do. And where we specialize in high quality VEs, not virtual assistants. Look it up. Go to ChatGPT. Put in what's the difference between a virtual assistant and a virtual employee. Enough said. I don't have enough time to go on and on about all the differences on this 60 second commercial but you've got time to search it and look at it that's what we do we deliver high quality ve's we mix the technology with it we train them on the technology give them and the technology to you and you're off to the races i'm not joking with you You can call my agency at any time ask for lordland and we do ask her say how fast are you able to do quotes i've actually got a couple videos of it that's right we can do five to ten carriers in one quote in three to seven minutes so you give me an auto quote i can do five to ten carriers in three to seven minutes how are we doing it we're doing it through the technology of virtual intelligence give us a call check us out you can ask for me personally i'll do the demo for you who are they cast certified